Hey guys, welcome to another episode of True Crimes and Weird Toms. I'm Ashley. And I'm Kim. And this week we're actually recording inside our room in the Windsor Hotel. Which, if you didn't listen to episode 28 yet about the Windsor mm-hmm. Hotel, go check it out because that's where we are right now. And since we're here, I figured we would just keep it fun and light and just talk about some of my favorite Japanese spirits and urban legends. So our first one today is Eke Monto, and I'm just going to ahead and warn you, my southern accent is going to show through this entire episode. <laughs> We're trying our best here. So the Eke Monto is a male spirit or ghost that haunts public or school restrooms. Oh, like he, Moaning Myrtle. Like Moaning Myrtle. Uh, a little worse than Moaning Myrtle, though. He can pop up while you're just sitting on the toilet doing your business, and then he asks you to choose between red or blue toilet paper. That's weird. I mean, it seems kind of nice to begin with because like... Like a concierge ghost. <laughs> Even that's creepy. <laughs> but if you pick the red, you will be lacerated and drenched in your own blood. Gross. Uh, <laughs> of course, variations depend on the storyteller. But if you pick blue, consequences range from being drained of all your blood to just being strangled to death. So there's no right answer? There's no right answer, I guess. And it seems like a really bad way to go, like on the toilet. So he's just there to kill you while you poop? I think so. Aww. <laughs> it's a weird fetish. <laughs> uh, if you happen to think you're smarter than the AK Monto and choose a different color, he'll just simply drag you to hell. So there's there's literally... There's really no right answer. There's no right answer. So you need to just ignore him or say you don't want either. That usually makes him go away. Well, okay, there's kind of a right answer then. I guess, but... You gotta no, get real I'm lucky. Good. <laughs> please, please leave. No, I'm good. Uh, next up is the Kitsune, and that's one of my favorites. It's a non-tailed fox spirit. And it doesn't always have non, but it can have as many as non. Uh, basically, the older the Kitsune is, it adds another tail. It sounds pretty cute. I picture, I mean, literally, non-tails, the Pokemon. Yep, that's what I was so. picturing. <laughs> Of course, the more tails a kitsune has, the more wiser and powerful it is. They grow additional tails after it's lived a hundred years. And then after a thousand years, they grow their ninth tail and turn a white or golden color. Literally the Pokemon. Aww. Isn't it cute? Some folklore say that the kitsune are trickster spirits, but others talk about them as being guardians, friends, and even lovers. Oh. Mm. A kitsune can take on a human form. That makes it less weird. It does make it less weird. (laughs) They're often known for appearing as beautiful women, but they can also appear in any form, regardless of gender. It's a common belief that if you come across a beautiful woman at night, it could be a kitsune. Okay. Now, a kitsune will hide its tail if it's in human form, but it has a pretty hard time doing so, and I would assume so. I mean, that's a pretty big tail. That's a pretty big tail. Uh... But especially if it's drunk or just being careless. (laughs) Well, yeah. Understandable for anyone. Yeah. However, it's said that especially devout humans can see through the kitsune's human form and, like, can see it as it is. Devout to who? That's a great question. I don't know. Maybe just pure. (laughs) Maybe, yeah. Some other supernatural abilities the kitsune has is possession, fire, or lightning, showing themselves in dreams, Flaunt, invisibility, 
creating illusions that are hard to distinguish from reality, like making you think you're somewhere or doing something. Some even have stronger powers, such as bending time and space. So now I'm thinking Tom Lord could see names. Yes. <laughs> uh, driving people crazy or taking the form of like amazing things like giant trees or a second moon in the sky. Okay, Kitsune might be my favorite too. I think so. Other Kitsunes can even have the characteristics similar to vampires or succubi, and they feed on the life or spirit of humans generally through sexual contact. And if anyone's seen the HBO show Lovecraft Country, you've seen a representation of this kind of Kitsune. Oh, that's cool. It's actually a really cool story in the episode. So the next one is actually kind of cute. I like this one too. It's called a Baku. And they are supernatural beings that are known for devouring nightmares. Oh, Yeah. They were supposedly created by spare pieces that the gods had left over after creating the other animals. So, I guess a platypus. Aww. <laughs> and according to a 17th century Japanese manuscript, the Baku are known as shy creatures with an elephant's trunk, rhino eyes, ox's tail, and tiger paws. Which... <laughs> We're going to have to post a picture of that. If I can find one, yeah. Definitely. Legend says that anyone who wakes up from a nightmare can call upon a Baku. Children, especially, can repeat, Baku-san, come eat my dream three times, and the Baku will come into the child's room and eat their bad dream. Oh, <laughs> Isn't that cute? However, don't use the Baku all of the time. Because if the Baku remains hungry after eating your nightmare, like if it wasn't a good enough nightmare, I guess... He will start to eat your hopes and dreams and then leave you with an empty loaf. Oh. Yeah. I like him a little less now. Yeah. He's just hungry. Yeah. <laughs> so, of course, these Baku can, can also be summoned for protection from bad dreams. And it was common for Japanese children to keep a Baku tal- talisman near their bed. That's kind of cute, yeah. though. So, so, I mean, in terms of what we know, I mean, I think a dream catcher. Yeah. But, like, I, this one's way cuter. The next one is Naparabo. This is a faceless ghost, and it looks like a human without a face. And apparently they're pretty harmless, but just known for scaring people. I mean, it'd scare me. Yeah, it would scare me. They usually impersonate someone known to the victim, and then once they talk to them, their face kind of fades away, and then they're like, you know. That's terrifying. (laughs) That is terrifying. So as I was kind of doing some research on this, I found a funny story about it, like an old tale. A fisherman wanted to fish in the Imperial Koi Pond. And his wife told him, hey, not don't do that. It's a sacred pond. It's near a graveyard. Not a great place to be. But, of course, the fisherman just wanted to fish. So he ignored her and went anyway. Of course he did. <laughs> don't listen to your wife. <laughs> Never. Uh, so once he was there, he comes across a woman who, like, pleads with him, hey, don't please don't fish in that pond. So he ignores her and then she wipes her face off. Uh, He freaks out and he runs home and he sees his wife. He tells her everything that happened and she yells at him and gets onto him for going. And then she wipes her face off. Ooh. (laughs) So he he got him twice. Well, that's what he gets for trying to fish in the sacred koi pond. That is what you get. I wonder if he got anything. No, I guess not. He didn't actually get to fish. He didn't get to fish. Too many faceless women. (laughs) Aren't we all? (laughs) The next one is a Nikomata. And this is a cat spirit. It's said to have two tails, which caused people to start cutting the tails off kittens Aww. to prevent them from becoming this. So, not so great. Now, there are two kinds of nekomatas. There are those that live in the mountains, 
that are just these cat spirits. And then there's domesticated cats who have just grown old and transformed into these cat spirits. Aww. Yeah. Now, the mountain nekamata have been known to eat people. Okay, they're less cute now. <laughs> but some say that it's possible that maybe it was just some kind of animal, a cat or something, that had caught rabies. And someone just kind of, oh, there's cat spirits that'll eat people. I mean, that so, makes sense. Yeah. I mean, there's, I don't know, are there leopards there? <laughs> What your leopards? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, panthers and stuff for sure. I'm sure. I mean, um, there's there's got to be predators there that will eat people. Some kind of big cat will eat you. So now sometimes it's said that these domesticated cats actually are the ones that grow old and run away to the mountains, thus creating the mountainous Nekamata. Um, Definitely my cat. <laughs> yeah, I could see her running to the mountains. She's right. an asshole. <laughs> Also, the older and more abused a cat was before its transformation, the more power the Nekomata was said to have. So, at least she won't be very powerful. I was going to say, and of course, because it said that these cats become ne- Nekomata, there was a folk belief that you weren't supposed to keep a cat for long periods of time. So, I don't know if that means you keep a cat and then like dump it somewhere. Oh, I hope not. It's terrible. Just don't get a cat if you believe that. Just don't get the cat at all. Now, these Nekomata are also known to perform necromancy. Oh. And can control the dead. Uh, they set fires. Your cat would definitely do that. Absolutely. And cause other strange occurrences. And it was said that killing a cat would cause seven generations of bad luck. And that was because of these Nekomata legends. So, like, basically be good cats. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I can get on board with that, though. Yeah. Don't kill your cat. Don't beat it up either. Yeah, be nice to your cat. Be nice to your cat. I'm nice to my cat. She still is an asshole. She's still a jerk, but I think that's just part of being a cat. Yeah, probably. So the next one I found, and it's probably one that everyone knows, is a kappa. And actually, we were talking about this recently. Kim had it on her Bedtime Fairy Fails episode. There was a a monk, and his name was Kappa. It's true. Yeah, Yeah, we did. And I was telling her that what what this was. So the kappa is an amphibious demon or spirit. They are about the size of a child. They're typically green, and they they have a human-like form, but have webbed hands and feet and a turtle-like shell on their backs. They live in the water. They're pretty clumsy on land, but that doesn't stop them, I guess. Uh, another important trait. <laughs> Is that they are said to have three anuses. Oh. <laughs> As to pass gas three times more than a human. <laughs> Jot that down, folks. Uh, didn't Kappa in our uh, story fart his spells? Pretty sure that was what he did. Oh my gosh. I'm pretty sure now. he did. <laughs> also, the top of the Kappa's head is dented into a bowl shape and retains water. And it's supposed to retain the water of whatever water they live in okay uh it said that if this part of the head has lost the liquid that the kappa is severely weakened they also love cucumbers and sumo wrestling okay yeah (laughs) and there was once a tradition where people would write the names of family members on cucumbers and then let them float down river to give to the kappas that's kind of cool yeah i say don't waste the cucumbers guys but you know (laughs) yeah use them to scare your cat spirits instead (laughs) Scare your Nekomatas. Give them power. (laughs) It's also said that they enjoy assaulting humans in water and removing something called the Shirikodama. 
This is located in your anus. Okay, well, I'm just confirmed in my <laughs> beliefs that I don't swim in nature water. Well, there you go. But it's a mythical organ. Like, this is a made-up organ in the anus. And the word translates out to small anus ball. And it's said to be located either just inside the anus or deeper inside the intestines or stomach. Hang on. This is important. Stick with me. Is this important? <laughs> it is because the whole reason the Kappa attack humans is because they want this organ and they will try to pull it out of you if you're in the water. Well, I'm never getting in water again. <laughs> so, uh, And they can extract this organ in a couple of ways. It can just reach inside your anus and pull it out. Or it can just simply suck the organ right from your anus. This episode's getting a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is the weirdest it gets. But of course, because of this process, the victim was almost always killed. Well, that's worse. Yeah. So don't go swimming. Death by anus ball removal. <laughs> death, by, death by Shirikodama. Yeah, that sounds better. <laughs> now, if, if they're not attacking you, they're usually seen as trickster spirits. They like to look up women's kimonos. Uh, they drown people in animals. That doesn't seem quite trickster. Yeah, that More seems just, just pretty murderous. Awful. <laughs> they kidnap children. They rape women and they sometimes eat human flesh. Yeah, that doesn't sound very trickstery to me. That sounds, that sounds straight up murdery. Right. Yeah. There is a way to escape a kappa. Kappas are apparently obsessed with politeness. So if one takes a deep bow, the kappa will return the gesture. When he does this, the water spills from his head and he won't be able to stand back up. Okay. Yeah. Now, it's, if, I don't know, if there's some reason you want him to stand back up, just put water from the river it lives in back on its in its head. But don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> Probably best you did. Protect your anus. Well, no, because if you refill it, the kappa then will serve you for eternity. Okay, maybe you should refill maybe it. Maybe you should. I don't know. 50-50 shot. Try it. Maybe don't try it. Maybe don't try it. Can't imagine anyone needs the power of a kappa. Nah. <laughs> also, the kappa's arms can be easily pulled from its body. And if you happen to do that, the kappa will perform favors or share knowledge in exchange for its arms back. That's weird. It is weird. <laughs> I don't know what he does when he gets his arms back. Pops them back on like a Lego man. Ooh. Also, they can be driven away with iron, sesame, or ginger. So... You could just wear that on you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So those are the Kappas. Real fun. Or not. The next one is a Kanaki Gigi. This is a spirit that takes the appearance of an old man or a baby. This spirit will lure passersby in and allows them to pick them up. But when the person picks them up, they'll turn into a stone and crush them to death. Okay. Yeah. As far as the spirit, some say that it's the spirit of a baby left to die in the wilderness. Oh. Yeah. So I could see some vengeful spirit vibes. Yeah. That's awful. The next one is Kuchisaki Ona. This translates to slit mouth woman. This is more of an urban legend. Um, she appears as a young woman to people and she sometimes wears a mask or some type of covering. According to the urban legend, she will ask the potential victim if they think she's pretty. Now, if you respond with a no, she'll just kill you with a weapon. If you respond with a yes, she will then show you her mouth. And, of course, the corners of her mouth are, like, slit from ear to ear. Creepy. Yeah. 
and then she will repeat her question. Now, if you want to survive her, you should just tell her that you find her looks to be average. Or you can distract her with money or hard candies. So you're just supposed to be like, yeah, you look pretty normal to me. Yeah, you look all right. <laughs> Have a tic-tac. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, don't, don't tell her her breath stinks. I don't know how that works. Mm. That was not in my research. I picture little old grannies as like the perfect subject for this. Oh, yeah. Do you think I'm pretty? You're all right, hon. Here's a hard candy. <laughs> here's, a, here's one of those strawberry candies. <laughs> in the bottom of my purse. Oh, sticky. The next one is called a Teke Teke. This is another Japanese urban legend about a vengeful ghost of a young schoolgirl. It said that she was tied up to a railway line by her bullies and Aww. she was cut in half by a train. <gasps> oh. Um, so with the lower half of her body missing, she drags her torso around by her elbows. That's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Which is where the name comes from. Uh, it's supposed to be the sound her elbows make when she moves. Ooh. Uh-huh. If you happen to encounter the Teke Teke at night, she will chase you down and cut your body in half with the scythe she carries with her. I don't know how she's carrying a scythe, I was though. just wondering how she gets upright to slice you with it if she doesn't have legs. I don't know. I'm sure she makes it work somehow. There's a reason it's an herbal legend. <laughs> this next one is called a Yanari. This literally translates to house creak, like the creaking of a house. Okay, well, I already have a clue on where this one came from then. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Legends tell of houses or furniture that would shake for just no reason at all, I guess because they're possessed. Oh. And basically, it's, you know, the effect of a poltergeist, you know, like how dishes are thrown and cabinets are opened in scary movies. Makes sense. Yeah. There's a legend that says that a man's wife gave birth to their first daughter. And then their second daughter a year later. However, the second daughter unfortunately died two days after she was born. And then a week later, their first daughter died. Oh. Yeah. So about a month later, the wife died. So, of course, the man is devastated. Uh, He begins to fall behind on his bills. He goes into debt. The creditors start taking furniture and household items and leaves the man to live in his empty house. So the man cries and he's depressed and sad. And then one day he was just never seen again. Oh. Yeah. Now, it was said that anyone who lived in this house later began to hear these Yanari sounds at night on, quote, the third quarter of the hour of the ox, which is between 1 and 3 a.m. So probably about 2 to 2.30 they would hear these noises. And these noises would run anyone who lived in the house away. So they were just running people out left and right. These days, the noises that are made by a home normally, like what we would call the house settling, are now called the Yanari. Okay. Like, oh, it's the Yanari. That's a little more fun. Yeah. Now, the next one I found was called a Juro uh, Gumo. And that is probably wrong. I'm sorry. This translates to woman spotter. She is a type of spirit that can shapeshift into a beautiful woman and will just devour humans. Cool. Yeah. But she can also manipulate small fire-breathing spiders. Those exist? A couple of, apparently. According to a couple of articles, she, she has small fire-breathing spiders she can send out. Okay, I don't like this one. No. Uh, no. 
So the story I found in Ojorogumo was that of a young woman who was about 19 or 20. She's carrying a small child with her and tells the child that a warrior that they met is its father. Now, the warrior knows that, like, no, Billie Jean. That's not my kid. That's not my kid. (laughs) (laughs) And he knows what, what she is. And he strikes her with his sword. Now, this causes the woman to flee to the attic of his home. I don't know how she got in the house. Maybe she was already in the house. I guess she went there to... Yeah, maybe. Let the kid meet his dad. That makes more sense. I'm picturing her standing outside. I'm like, how'd she get up there? Anyway, so she runs up to the attic of his home. The next day, they go up into the attic and they find the dead Jorogumo and other bodies of people that she had eaten. Oh. So she had been living there for some time, apparently. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, the last one today is called a Beto-Beto-san. This is a type of spirit that's said to follow people walking down a dark road. Already creepy. Yep. <laughs> its name comes from the sound his footsteps make, which is Beto Beto, which I'm assuming... Probably sounds a little more realistic in an actual Japanese yeah, accent. probably. <laughs> now, some say you might encounter it while walking down from a small mountain. I don't think it really matters where you're walking to or from. I don't want it behind me. Same. <laughs> now, it doesn't seem to harm people. It just kind of follows you. Still creepy. Yeah, you're being awkward. Stop that. But apparently, if you hear a Beto Beto-san behind you, you must step to the side and say, Beto Beto-san, come ahead. Like, after you. And then it stops following you. Oh, well, that it's kind of polite. Then. Yeah, it's kind of polite. I could deal with that. That's it. Well, those were both cute and terrifying. I tried to find, yeah, I tried to have a healthy balance. Of cute and terrifying. Of cute and terrifying. Some of the cute ones were also terrifying. You're not wrong. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Like us on Facebook at True Crimes and Weird Times Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at True Crimes Weird Times. Email us your stories at truecrimesweirdtimes at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed the show, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. Bye.